Okay, guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 38. And today I want to talk about a race simulation that I did a couple weeks ago. Now, you might be wondering, what the hell <laughs> is a race simulation? And I think the best way that I can describe it is to say that it's a way for you to work on your limiting factors. Now, as you guys know, the Barkley Fall Classic is coming up in just a few weeks. And after that, it's just another couple of weeks until my 100 mile race, the Ghost Train 100. And this race simulation that I was doing was focusing on one of the biggest limiting factors for me when it comes to running 100 miles, and that is staying up all night. <laughs> now, I'm somebody that needs ample sleep to function on a daily basis, and I haven't seen midnight in a very long time time. Uh, so practicing staying up all night is how I show up to this race, feeling as prepared and confident as possible. Now, I mentioned this tactic to a few people over the course of the last few weeks, and it was met with a lot of surprise, some skepticism, lots of surprise. So I wanted to talk about it here in the hopes that it might spark some of you to, you know, kind of start to think about how you can deploy this as a tactic for yourself. And I think the best way to talk about it is to just give you the rundown of what I did and talk about my objectives and my goals. So let's start with the goals. Now, as you guys know, I don't ever set just one goal. I always have multiples, kind of like different tiers. And the overarching goal, as I mentioned, was to stay up all night or for 24 hours. And second to that, I really wanted to hit the wall. We'll talk about that in a second. Second only to that, I wanted to bust through the wall. I'll explain these in a minute here. And then lastly, I wanted to practice shutting it all down as quickly as possible. So what does all of that mean? Well, I'm sure that you've all had nights where you had to stay up long past your bedtime and at a certain point, you hit the wall, that place where you just, you can't keep your eyes open. You have a big drop in energy. Your body gets tired. Everything feels like it takes that much more effort. And all you want to do is climb into bed. So for me, that's what I call hitting the wall. And I wanted to gauge what time of the night or morning, however you like to think about it, that that was going to happen for me. Now in the past, my previous attempts at 100 miles, I remember hitting it somewhere in the neighborhood of 1 to 3 a.m., but it's been a couple years. And like I said, I don't really stay up all that late these days. <laughs> I'm usually in bed by 9 or 9.30 at the latest and sleeping pretty soundly all the way up until 5, 5-ish, 5 o'clock. So I wanted to see how long it would take me to move through that phase. Right? So I wanted to find out what time of night or the morning I was going to hit the wall, how long it was going to take me to move through it, busting through the wall, that's what I call it. And then beyond that, once I did get through it, I wanted to know how quickly I could just shut it all down, aka fall asleep, should I need to take a power nap in order to keep going during the race. Now, that's not something that I plan on doing, but I like to kind of just know just in case how that looks and what it feels like so that I can plan for that time accordingly. Now, the last time I did 100, I tried to go to sleep. I just actually wanted to go horizontal. <laughs> and I did it at about 5 a.m. I climbed into the tent, tried to, I laid down 
put a couple sleeping bags on top of me and just tried to, you know, relax, but I couldn't fall asleep. I was just, you know, I'd been moving for so long. It just wasn't going to happen. So I wanted to kind of test how long it would take me to actually shut it down, you know, just in case I wanted to try it again this time around. I will say though, that I don't really plan on sleeping, but it's always good to practice these things. So as far as what I actually did, I'm just going to kind of run through my day so that you can get a sense for how all of these pieces fit together. So I did this on a Saturday and that morning I went out for about a six hour run. I ran to the next town over, had breakfast with my husband and then ran home. This is kind of our kind of traditional Saturday thing um, for me to run, have breakfast and then run home again. When I got back, I showered, changed eight again, because <laughs> it had been a couple hours. And then I moved on to sort of tackling household chores and errands. And I just wanted to stay moving all day. So I avoided sitting down as much as possible, st- stood up to like watch TV or, you know, stood up to eat at certain points and just really kept moving. Didn't really think too much about what I was doing. I kind of created some busy work for myself to just stay moving. And we had dinner. Uh, I did sit down for dinner. <laughs> I thought it would be a little weird to stand up while I was eating dinner with my husband. So I stu- I sat down to eat dinner and then we watched a little bit of TV. I was walking during that point uh, on the treadmill, which I'll talk about in a second. But at some point I started to get really tired It was like right around 8 p.m., which is usually the time I start to wind down for bed. So to combat that, kind of the routine kicking in, I went for a walk outside. Now, it didn't last very long because the mosquitoes around here are just brutal these days. So I came back in and started to kind of get ready for the overnight stuff. So I mentioned kind of walking, but if you've maybe ever seen my Instagram feed, I have a desk treadmill, which is just a flat treadmill with no handrails on it. So it doesn't go fast uh, and it's not meant for running. It doesn't have like shock absorption in that way, but it's perfect for this situation. So Adam helped me move that treadmill downstairs into the living room along with my bike on the indoor trainer that actually came up from the basement. (laughs) So I rearranged the living room, threw all of my fitness equipment into it. And for like the next eight hours, I proceeded to alternate between the two. Bike, treadmill, bike, treadmill, back and forth. And the goal wasn't to log a ton of miles. I did use my Garmin to keep track of what I was doing, but it wasn't with the intention of seeing how many miles I could get in. That's actually a separate objective to another weekend where I'm going to do another sort of race simulation where I try to see how many miles I can get over the course of the weekend. So you certainly could double up and do all of these things at once, but I wanted to separate them and really focus on one thing at a time and do it well. So I kept moving and it was really going well right up until about 11.45 p.m. when I noticed that I was getting just a little more tired. Eyes are getting heavy. Brain is starting to kind of just slow down. And I thought now would be a really good time to challenge my brain. And what better way to do that with a little baking? <laughs> now, I fully admit that this isn't like the most rational thought, <laughs> but I wanted to really challenge myself. And if you've ever done an ultra and particularly an overnight ultra, you know that at some point 
you really just start to get tired, your brain is fatigued, your decision-making process starts to slow down, you don't make the best decisions, which is why pacers and crew are so great because they can help you. But because I was at my own house, I knew that I could kind of step a little bit further outside my comfort zone and do some baking. Now, I guess I should mention that my husband was home, he was upstairs in bed, so should something have gone wrong, (laughs) he would have known. Um... So I'd been eyeing this bunch of bananas that were on the countertop earlier in the day. They were getting all spotty well past the point where I like to eat them just raw. And so I decided to make some banana bread and that kept me busy and on my feet for like another two hours. Um, I chose not to get back on the treadmill until it was done baking because I didn't want to have to hop off and hop back on again. And once that was all cleaned up, that's when I went back to bike and treadmill. And I was on the treadmill at about, I want to say like 1.30. And I very distinctly remember having this big wave of endorphins. And I thought to myself, like, this is going to be so easy. I'm already at 1.30. I'll be on the treadmill for like another hour. That'll carry me to 2.30. Then I'll get on the bike and that'll carry me all the way to 3.30. And then when I get to 3.30, it's like basically time for the sun to come up. It'll be all good. Like no problem. Well, I rode that wave for another few minutes until just before two, like at 150, I hit the wall. (laughs) And it was surprising to me how fast it came because not just 20 minutes ago, I'd been feeling really, really good. So I hit the wall and again, I was on the treadmill and I just remember thinking, there's no way I'm going to be able to keep going until morning. (laughs) Like I am exhausted. So... Even though I was exhausted, I kind of got excited because this was, as you remember, like this was one of my goals. So I did a lot of things to try to bring my energy up. I actually got off the treadmill. I did some stretching. I did some breathing. I did some like forced dance moves to just try to keep my body awake. And I tried not to think about any of it. I tried not to think too hard about what I was experiencing and particularly not about how much time I still had left to go because it's kind of like climbing heights. Like you don't look down. (laughs) I was just having this conversation with my friend and client Kate the other day, and she's about to go off on this epic adventure and do some climbing. And we were talking about just don't look down, right? You just don't want to look down and see what's going on underneath you. So I didn't want to think about how much time I had left. I just tried to focus on my goals and objectives. So I've hit the wall. Now I'm going to bust through it and then I'm going to shut it down. So this lasted for another hour or so until I got kind of like another, like a second wave of energy. And then I thought, yeah, this is no problem. I got this. So as a side note, this is sort of a key theme of ultras. Things change. So while you might be like in the thick of it, thinking that there's like no way that you can keep going, if you just switch your brain towards focusing or thinking on of, about something else, like find a distraction Uh, oftentimes like within a matter of a few minutes, things will change. Your outlook would change. So I always caution people when they're talking about doing ultras and they, they worry about like how they're going to do the thing. One of the biggest points I bring up is don't make big decisions kind of in the heat of the moment. I.e., if you're having a rough patch, that's not the moment to decide that you should stop or DNF keep going 
I mean, like this is a tangent that we could go on for like a whole other episode, but I want to kind of just kind of summarize this here. If you can start to wrap your brain around this idea of wait five minutes, see what happens, your race experience will change dramatically. So the next time you're having this thought in an ultra, like I can't keep going, I'm too tired, I'm too hot, I'm too this, that, or the other, or I can't, I can't, I can't, just wait five minutes. Start to see if you can shift your thinking to be a little bit more positive. Focus on, you know, the next aid station, the next tree, the next, you know, mile marker, whatever it is, and see if that doesn't prompt a change in how you're feeling. And then reevaluate at the next interval, whatever you've chosen, right? Okay. We can definitely talk about that more in the future, but back to the timeline of my race simulation. I'm awake now, I have energy, but I have a new problem, a new and a different problem, and that is I'm bored. (laughs) There's only so much bad late night TV, scrolling through social media that you can do before it all just kind of becomes noise. And that's when I decided to shift and move on to the next skill on my list or, you know, my goals or my objectives. And that is how fast can I shut it down and go to sleep? So I hopped off the treadmill, started cleaning things up downstairs and went up to bed. So I mentioned that my husband and the dogs were home the whole time. So I tried to, you know, tiptoe upstairs and not wake them up. But uh, actually, I had to kick a dog out of my spot in bed, but she didn't seem to mind all that much. Now, this actually brings up a thought or a question that one of the Run Farther, Faster, Stronger group members asked during our call the other night, and that was, how did you do this, the race simulation, knowing that you could just go upstairs and go to bed any time you wanted? And this is such a good question. And to be honest, The answer is I didn't even allow myself to think about it. I had these objectives, you know, multiple objectives with this race simulation. Plus, I had already told a bunch of people on social media that I was doing it. So I had a ton of accountability and support. I got text messages, DMs. Uh, all sorts of, you know, notes from people all throughout the night. Um, And these people were really keeping tabs on my progress, so much so that it helped to kind of motivate and distract me. But yes, the, the other side of this is, you know, being in your own home and trying to do something like this isn't necessarily the best idea simply for or from a temptation standpoint. Now, You can definitely recruit friends and family to help you with this. And if I had my choice, I would have been outdoors and there would have been, you know, a whole group of us that were trying to do this, but that wasn't possible this time around for a couple reasons. But anyway, so now it's 3.45 a.m. I'm in bed. I'm trying to fall asleep. ASAP. And it's worth mentioning that the race simulation isn't over here right now at this moment. The goal was you know, to do the stay awake as much as possible, get through the wall and then shut it down. But the goal was not to then get a full night's sleep. So rather than do that, I wanted to get three or four hours and then stay up slightly sleep deprived all day on Sunday. And that's exactly what I did. So I shut it down around 3.45, 4 a.m., slept until about 7 
and then proceeded to go about my day with the objective of staying moving as much as possible. I didn't run that day, but I did all sorts of chores and errands and busy work, you know, actual work, work, podcast work, things that would keep me from laying down on the couch and falling asleep. And I'm going to pat myself on the back and say that I did a pretty good job. I managed to hang in there until about 8.30 PM on Sunday night. And that's when I threw in the towel and decided to go to bed. So This whole thing is a pretty simple idea, this race simulation, and one that I would kind of recommend you consider. Now, you don't have to be doing a long event like this, 100 miles, or trying to be doing, you know, 30 hours in order to benefit from a race simulation. You can do this with basically like any kind of race. And the key is to identify your limiting factors. So again, to just kind of go back to the beginning, mine was staying up all night because I always go to bed early. Another example might be a race with, I don't know, like a ton of elevation change. You could do a long run someplace that mimics the course that you're going to do. Or, you know, I've even like used the Stairmaster at the gym to climb the same amount of elevation, the equivalent elevation change as what I'm going to face in the race. So if you're doing a longer race, like maybe a multiple day race, your race simulation could be doing back-to-back long running days. And honestly, this is the simplest form of a race simulation because you'll get to experience what it's like to run on tired legs the second day. So if you've got questions about this, either, you know, about what I did or if you've got questions about how you could make your own race simulation, feel free, hit me up on Instagram or email. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy to help you kind of figure out a race simulation of your own. So just like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the BFC, the Barkley Fall Classic is right around the corner. And my husband and I are actually going to turn this into a road trip. So we'll be driving from New Hampshire all the way down to Tennessee. We're going to kind of bebop around North Carolina for a while and then go back up north. And so if you're interested in kind of following along with the shenanigans, uh, make sure you're following me on Instagram at findyourultra. And I'll definitely, you know, share as much of the Barkley Fall Classic as I can on Instagram. And when I get back, I'll do a whole episode on it because no doubt there will be lots of highs and lows to share. That race never, ever, ever disappoints. One last thing before you go, I'm getting questions about the next round of Run Farther, Faster, Stronger. And originally, I said that I wasn't going to do another one this year because I wanted to focus on my races. But while I was out on a run the other day, I got this killer of an idea for the next round. So yes, there is going to be another round of Run Farther, Faster, Stronger. Stay tuned. More details to come. In the meantime, enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon.